my cup. Think to be a decker, must to see Kalein far them top. Get me kings a flint, Welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I am your beautiful, wonderful host, Judy Gold. This week we have part two of my interview with the wonderful actor or actress, you know, Kate Miller, who uh, stole my part on Hightown. But it's fine. It's fine because she's had a difficult life. But now, now things seem to be working out for her, don't they? I also want to acknowledge... Uh, the death of the very funny comedian David Arnold, the sudden and tragic death. We, Jackie Fabulous and I were just talking about him on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and it's always so sad when anyone dies, but when a comedian dies, it really hits our community. Um, and the world's a lot less funnier. So uh, I hope you uh, enjoy today's podcast remember queen elizabeth is not listening to this week's podcast all right i figured i'd get that in there sit back relax and enjoy you decide after college you're running to new york you're going to new york well, I wanted to go to L.A. and I was supposed to move to L.A. with Kathleen Turner's body double, Verrier Scatolini was this girl's name. No way. A little older than me. She ghosted me. She what? completely ghosted me. So see how the trauma repeats itself? Wait, the why ghost. did she ghost like, you? I have no idea. Never, okay. never heard from her again. We was were- she in school with you? No, she was much older. She was she was oh, okay. in her mid twenties. Have you looked her up since? No, I was so pissed I could give a shit. Okay. Like, no. Okay. But it was someone to find an apartment with. Yeah. Well, apparently she had like an extra bedroom that, you know, she needed a roommate for or what have you. So I was gonna okay. do that and then she ghosted. My gay best buddy from junior high and high school in West Virginia was in New York. Wow. How was it for him being gay in that fucking town? He got out too. you know, did they all know he was gay? I'm not sure. Okay, go. Um, (laughs) Although Parkersburg had a pretty big Parkersburg, the town that was a bit larger than Pennsboro, where I grew up, was sort of known as a little bit of a gay town. Wow. That's, you know, if if you Google Parkersburg, West Virginia, gay, there'll be shit that comes up. That's cray cray. Okay. Um, So he, he needed a roommate and I'm like, okay, then I'll just go to New York instead. I went to New York in December of 91 with a duffel bag and $700. And that was it. That was it. Where did you find an apartment? I, when I moved to New York, I went to the gay roommate service. Oh my God. How fabulous. The yeah. That, that even exists is fabulous. It, it was in 1984 and there was Gary at the gay roommate service. And he would, my friend, Bob Romano and I always make, cause I would just do imitations. <gasps> Hi, it's Gary at the gay roommates. I'm, I'm sure he's gone by now because of AIDS. So God rest your soul. But I wanted a gay male roommate. And I found yeah. this opera singer on the Upper West Side and I lived with him, Sam Bird. Okay. So where did you find your, um, he had, he had an apartment already on 7th between 20th and 21st. Okay. And you right went to Cove Brothers Hardware, which is still. Oh, yeah. Still there. Yeah. Still there. And you start auditioning and you land a, a Broadway show with, with Carol. Art. 
huge part with Carol Burnett in Moon Over Buffalo. And to this day, you say that that was the most important professional accomplishment of your career. Absolutely. How old were you? 25. 25. And you're on state, like when you met Carol Burnett, I mean, thinking of you as a young girl in this shithole life, abusive mother, watching Carol on, like. Look, my mom had red hair. Carol Burnett had red hair. In my child mind, why can't my mom be a redhead like this woman? Right. Was she warm and welcoming and wonderful? And she's just the best. The best. And I, knew, and knew everything about my childhood and my mom because she hadn't she had, didn't have the best either. Her grandmother raised her too. Wow. And she met my mom. My, I had to, of course, fly my mom up, put her yep. up in the hotel, spend all yep. the money to get her to come to the Broadway play mm-hmm. to see me with Carol. And she met Carol, and Carol goes, "Aren't you proud? Isn't she wonderful?" And my mom literally, I mean, I know she was starstruck and all of right. that. I'll give her that. All she said to, to Carol was. You're wonderful. That's all she said. Wow. Like she, still, she couldn't do it. Couldn't do I, it. First time I took John home, met my mom. He's like, boy, you're you're like the redheaded stepkid, aren't you? Wow. Like she just doesn't. Yeah. Let, wow. No. I mean, can't it is give it. From, can't give from the guy that she had, you know, the but it's, I'm with. sure she's so je- well was so jealous of you. They all oh, are. Yeah. I mean, I am because you're in Hightown. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. So, um, how long did Moon Over Buffalo run? Back in the day before they started star fuckering every straight play on Broadway, a year. Wow. What a Eight great shows job. A a year. Were you just in fucking heaven? I mean, I, I would have pinched myself every day. I was day. out of my body the whole time. I mean, and and seeing my name in oh my god, that never validated me in the playbill. No, not only in playbill, uh, on the, the, the marquee, the New York yeah. Times, the New uh, Yorker, Variety. It, like it was massive. It was her return to Broadway after Once Upon a Mattress. Yeah, like it was a highly visible, sh- you know, show. It was a big fucking deal. It was it's her crazy. And I, yeah, just okay. wild. And you, do you still keep in touch with her? Or if you now see her then, now and then, yes, I used to have her email. The last few I sent, there haven't been anything. She's also in Palm Springs sometime. I really need I to, have, I, I need Bob. to meet her before I dropped it. You have to. Okay. And I met, I saw Bob Mackey recently who did our, our wardrobes. Wow. Okay. The name dropping is ridiculous here. Okay. And then, um, you Get uh, get another show, Amadeus, mm-hmm. um, and you get an agent, correct? And well, I I it took me. I got a voiceover agent in ninety two, ninety three, something like that. When I got to New York, I was doing crazy experimental theater in Washington Square Park. I was doing Shakespeare and Ma Ubu at Lollapalooza, right? And, you know, taking, you know, fake shits in public and being really super crazy experimental theater person. How do you take a fake shit? You just sit there. You, you just get like one of those, you get one of those plastic bottles and just fill it with it's disgusting. Anything that looks oh, that's like- so artistic, you know, taking fake shits. I, you know, 
I can't say. liberating. Yeah. I will tell you. There was something about it. Like there is a, like one thing I don't ever, I've never dreamed of doing is taking a shit in public. Okay. I want it the door cool. closed. I don't even want anyone in the house when I take a shit. I was fully clothed in weird costume and you would squat. In the uh, okay. I can't. In the park and then put the bottle behind your butt and squeeze it. It wasn't like. Okay, it's still gross, and yeah. I can't even shit in a like in a restaurant. Like if I know I have to shit and it's in a public, I'm like, oh please, no, it's awful. Okay, whatever. I just want to say to everyone, these were this was one of my favorite things about you that your favorite TV show of all time is All in the Family. Something's wrong with you if it's not yours. This is what I think. Uh, no, I said it's one of my favorite things about oh, you. Is. Yes, yeah. no, I'm saying to any person Anyone. out there yes. in this universe, and the if fact, it's not your favorite, something's wrong with your brain. But it's also that it would never get on the air today. And that when they redid it, they edited it. Uh, when they did that live version of it, they had to censor I it. That yeah. A great job. Yeah. Um, but. Everyone should be should have to watch All in the Family, but I don't know if kids would understand it today. True. You also another thing that I love about you is that you hate reality TV. Now, I believe that reality TV is the reason we had that orange fucking piece of shit. I mean, I love stage and theater and creativity like you do. Reality TV, I do agree, celebrates the lowest common denominator. Like, it's just shit. And there's nothing real about it, you know? And I think it's been the demise of our society. Um, I agree 100%. I I can't fucking stand it. Right. So you met your husband, John DiMaggio, who is a very, very successful actor, a uh, voiceover actor. Um, and he's very, he doesn't look like a John DiMaggio. He looks like a John. He kind of looks like a John. Um, uh, O'Maggio. Yeah. He's got a lot of Irish in him. He's a ginger. But he, he's he's a, ginger. a ginger anymore. He's all gray now. Hey now. Um, um, yeah. Don't you think it's weird with the redhead and the redhead? You and the redheads. Weird. Everything's weird. Okay. So you met John in the elevator. You both had the same agent. How old were you when you met him in the elevator? 26. I was on Broadway 26. at that time. Right. So yeah. at that time, you meet him. What floor were you on and how long did you speak in the elevator? We got on in the lobby together and he he still does this weird little like back and forth shift his weight dance. Yeah. That's, he's got yeah. a ton of energy. He's got uh-huh. the energy of a hurricane. Uh-huh. Like Who was in the elevator first? I was. And he came in and rushed uh-huh. and hit the door or whatever, going on the same floor. And he was like, hi, did the whole thing. I was like, yeah. I had to pee so badly because I was yeah. in, LA in my fucking car and I couldn't stop and go to Bloomingdale's or the diner. Uh-huh. Or wherever you go in yeah. New York when you're yeah. on foot and just go use bathroom. Or you I could decide. fake it in the Washington Square Park. You can go pee yeah. and, you know, right. call in it the fountain. Yeah. Um, but I, I'll, I, the first thing I said to him was like, I have to pee. I can't talk. I have to pee. <laughs> like, so get out of my hey, how you doing? And you're like, I have to pee. Okay. Yeah. I have to pee. That's how I'm doing. I can't. Small talk, pleasantries. No, not right now. 
And then I flew to the bathroom and the door opened. And when we were in the waiting room together, I was very cordial and gregarious like I was and affable when we met each other. Yes. Yes. And then we went to Barney's Beanery afterward and hung out in the evening. And and he never touched me, never made a move, nothing sexual until 2011. What? We were friends. Friends that couldn't get enough of each other's company. We were, I think, just Wait a minute, wait a minute, ready. wait a minute. Wait we were not this- ready. I was not healed. He he was like John Belushi partying. Yeah. I, I but and so you you went to this, you spent the day together, and then you just remain you just called each other and yeah, we like, and hung out. Yeah. I was in LA. We would hang out when he was he's from New York. He was born in New York and raised in, in North Plainfield, New Jersey. He's in I Eastern know that. Florida. I know because I grew up in New Jersey as well. Right. <laughs> and you also probably know him from the comedy circuit. Yes, he yes, I do. And yes. he was a comedian for quite some time. So yes. that, you know. We discussed this when we were both auditioning for Hightown. Right. And you got the part. <laughs> okay. So how many years is that? 2011. From 96. And then we got romantic. Wow. A long time. 15 15 fucking. You're friends for 15 years. How? There were so many almost moments. There were really all along. So many almost moments. And was he in another relationship? Were you in another relationship? We met each other's. We met each other's others. He cock blocked everybody. Sure. Wow. You know? Um, and did you know, when did you know I want more from this? Like, I did think you- I knew the minute I met him and I didn't feel worthy of it and I didn't feel healed enough. And I didn't trust that if we'd coupled off when we were younger, that that we- it would last. I mean, it's like hard now. Oh, please. Relationships Being in a relationship. Hey, everyone, you know. One of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids, and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity. And eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality and they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have calorie smart, protein plus, keto. I just did chef's choice. 60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required. Okay? 
and Factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me. I never lie. Factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factor Meals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero. Okay. Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, Judy Gold 50 to get 50% off. That's code Judy Gold 50 at factormeals.com slash Judy Gold 50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. So you went to um CBD CBT therapy, which we talk a lot about mental saved health on this podcast. CBT also saved my life. At what age did you discover you you call it? You say you're addicted to you were a sex addict, um, which is very understandable considering the non attention you got, no attention from men whatsoever, and then shit attention from your mother. Who was also um, kind of a slut that I, I I grew up around a lot of sexual energy. And, right. You know. And how long did it take for you to get help? And when you were on Broadway, were you I fucking mean, I had quelled I had quelled that in myself. When you got to New York. Yeah, I was I knew it wasn't healthy. It was also just gross. Right. AIDS was even kind of still around then. Yeah. There were a lot of factors where you need to chill, Kate. I mean, I was always safe and things like that, you know, and condoms and birth control and all that kind of thing. But still, like, I, I just knew it made me feel worse after every time. And anything that makes you feel worse or is bigger than you, you have to really be aware of. I mean, and so I was already CBTing myself to a degree. Um, I was very good in in the show. I didn't. I I was didn't need anybody. I was so focused. I wasn't dating anybody at the time. Yeah. I didn't need. I didn't want any men around me. Like nothing. Um, I mean, I'm sure there were a few, but I don't remember anything significant at that time. And then I found CBT around 27 after after an abortion, after um, living with someone that cheated on me repeatedly, and I found out I was pregnant, and I didn't have the baby because of who he was, and. Well, because it's your choice. You don't have to even make true, an excuse. True, but I mean, you yeah. know. Yeah. And and I, I, I said to myself, you're not as aware as you think you are because you keep ending up in these situations. Shitty, that, yeah. That are very harmful to your soul and your psyche and your spirit. And you have to figure out why your patterns are still bigger than you are. That's why I that's, love CBT. Yeah. That's CBT, why I went. Yeah. CBT therapy gives you essentially gives you a toolbox that you use for the rest of your life. So when you get into a headspace and you're like, uh, uh, nope, opening my tool. And it, that's what I loved about it. It's very, um, it, it's intellectual in a way. It's not yes. about like, it, it's very practical and it's also proactive. Yes. Yes. I love CBT therapy. I think it is, I use it. Every day. I mean, I, every day when I'm like, uh, oh, uh, and I'm like, not, not a real thought fear-based, right. you know, right. it's just, yeah. Okay. So, um, you 
wait until 2011. How does this pan out? Your how how did the union happen? Okay, yes, so I, need I went the through one of the worst periods of my life in my early 40s in New York. Mm-hmm. I supported myself, as you know, a lot through voiceovers and yes, I know. Do I mean, a little voiceover thing for me. Um, Please do do Stater like a Brothers, Stater Brothers peaches are just twenty nine ninety nine right okay wait do like um do like Discovery Channel or I don't even remember that comment all right do like coming, coming up, up next. next on the Discovery Channel at oh. eight o'clock you'll see tigers finding their dinner whatever okay you know, I love it yeah Macy's and then there's the cosmetic it's all so different now and now, is it and now everybody sounds like a vocal fry girl that has no inflection and that's who gets the voiceovers and there's a lot of non-union so that's okay you know what's so bad right? I think I would be so good at what and I never it's like the same people get voiceovers you know and I have never gotten I mean, I am the voice of some some video game, and I don't know where the fuck it is, but that's right. it. Oh, my career is nowhere hey. where it was. Hey, in my, in my 30s hey, now, yeah, because your voice really okay. Go ahead. So, so shit dried up. I had I had a thing on One Life to Live. I had a recurring Law and Order that dried up. Oh, I love the Law and Order that you post because it's all about it's pre COVID and it's all about a PCR test and all that shit. It's so funny. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. A bunch of national networks stopped. So I had hardly any income. I was in a stupid, expensive apartment. I moved to Williamsburg with a roommate who also ghosted. What's with the ghosting? No, I'm I it's and I'm only realizing this talking to you right now. That's crazy. Okay. So I took over this apartment. It was it was a fabulous apartment on Roebling and Metropolitan. It's where Madonna shot that movie about the Windsors. Uh Gorgeous, massive, cheap, but no fire escape, no buzzer, no security. I was financially, you know, compromised a bit right then. I wasn't paying rent. They threatened to evict me. I went down to the courthouse and found the COO, and there is no COO, only for commercial, you know, rental. Oh. They weren't supposed to be renting out real, you know, for uh, yep. real estate, for residents. So I won a year's worth of rent and $30,000. And I no. represented myself. And then I took that and came to L.A. So you represented yourself because you had already been an attorney on Law & Order. Yes. So. Right. I rest my case. Art imitates life. Life yes. imitates art. And so you moved to L.A. Because and- I had this money and I just was stuck. I had My personal life was shit. I get it. My business was drying up. I was like, am I ever going to get married and have a kid? I'm 41. This Is this who I am? I need to do something. I need to And you go, and John's in L.A. Yeah, and he's always, we've always been in touch and we've always been there for each other as friends. And I literally brought my cat, put all my shit in storage in Williamsburg, East Williamsburg, and Moishe's. Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay, there, at Moishe's, yeah. Yeah, and then I came out here in 2010, dicked around at three months uh, rentals with my cat and hardly anything that I own. Mm-hmm. 
trying to feel out LA. It was a nightmare. Couldn't get a manager. Oh, my agency folded at the time. Oh, nice. My, my New York voiceover agent got mad that I wouldn't go with them on both coasts because I'd been with my VO agent here in LA since like 95 uh-huh. and I'm loyal and they dropped. Yeah, I'm loyal too. It's not good. Go. I know. I've wasted. That's a whole nother. Yeah. Show. Oh, please. They, they, uh, they dropped me and I'm like, how am I going to work? Right. Luckily, One Life to Live came back around 2011, 2012, maybe. What was your character's name on One Life to Live? Nadine Lovett. Nadine. Okay. In and out of jail, sister of a military boy, you know, swindler, grifter. I got you, Nadine. Okay. Um, And John and I really gelled when I was going through this terrible time in my life because I finally got vulnerable enough to need somebody. That was a very long answer about how that happened. I'm sorry. Okay. But then you like, what do you mean? Like you're out and who makes the first move? I think, I think I gave him a green light somehow. I've never let myself, my guard down around anybody like that. I remember on being, being, literally being on the floor sobbing in his former house in the kitchen, just. And he came over. So much self-loathing and fusion. And I just felt so lost and I'd accomplished so much, so young. And I felt like it was all my fault and. You know, karmically, this is happening to me because I'm a fucking cunt. And right. all the, well, the that's true because you took my part on Hightown. <laughs> <laughs> but he was really there for me. I was like, wow, this person saw me at my worst and he's still here. Didn't ghost you. He didn't ghost and me. Then, and he still hasn't. And I have no idea why he hasn't. Oh, please. He's so lovely. And so it, you got married in 2014. Yes, and we got a house together in 2012. We moved in in early, early 20, yeah, spring of 2012. We moved in with each other. Two years later, two and a half years later, we got married in Big Sur. It was lovely. Did your mother go to your wedding? That's when we stopped. I didn't speak to her for a year and a half before she died. And I, most of my family went like that after the wedding because I finally got someone that really loved me and I knew what it was supposed to be. So you were letting go that of whatever little bit. Yeah, yeah. he's like, I don't need this little teeny. She wanted to come to Big Sur, but she didn't want to come to the ceremony because of where it was. And she didn't want to walk and break a hip. But she still wanted me to fly her there and put her up in a hotel. You know what? So I said, no, mom, if you're not coming to Big Sur to see me get married, I'm not paying for the family reunion. Right. Good for you. Good nope, for you. Nope, you're not invited anymore. I'm so proud of you. I'm so yeah. proud of you. Yeah. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I find this to be something I couldn't deal with. You're both in the same business. I saw an interview where he's getting interviewed for a film, the the baseball film. Mm-hmm. And you're there. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you say something, but it's like it, it looks There's a shadow. There's a shadow. Yeah. 
He let me shine at the Hightown premiere, which was nice. When it's my turn, I do. John's a freaking right. planet. It's it's it it's really his presence on the planet for a cartoon character is it looms large. Yeah. He, he makes people happy. Right. He's, he is a universal energy ball force powerhouse. When I was younger, sure, I still need all the attention because I never got any as a child, but I really don't need it. It makes me very uncomfortable because yeah. it's not familiar for me. Right. And I know this. And I now know this about myself as I get older. I am an introverted extrovert. If you take me to a party, I have hardly any small talk to make. I would rather be in the corner. Oh, that's me. That's me. I just, so I, if, yeah. Like, really? The, the thing is, because you have the whole ghosting thing, is that in showbiz, you are ghosted all the time. Every fucking day. We love day. you. We love you. We love you. Never hear from the person again. G- red carpet. Like I, I talk to people all the time. It, you know, I've been around for so long and then I'll get on the red carpet and I'll hear one of the people like, who's that? What's that? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm in the fucking show, asshole. Oh, I now, had to do that. But I had to do that for John for Zootopia. Right. The right. That's what I feel like. Like, does that... Do you get enraged in those situations? Not, I get more enraged for him than I do for me. If I'm not in it, why should anybody know who I am? I know what I am. I'm a blue collar actress that flies under the radar. And I'm lucky enough to have done everything in this business short of porn and infomercials. But in terms of people needing people to know who the fuck I am. I feel like I more need people to know the fucking work I do than know who the fuck I am. Like, pay attention to my work. Right. Be impressed by that. Don't be impressed by me. Right. So, so if I'm That's not. That's what like, I feel like. Like, I, you know, people. I'm I, sure I people mean, don't believe that, but whatever. No, but I feel like, you know, when people. I never wanted to be like famous. I wanted to be sort of Alan Alda famous. Same. Some. The, someone who is, is revered, yes, revered by their peers because they do such excellent Catherine work. Catherine Hahn. I mean, the yes, list yes. Like, those are the kind of people. That, and that's what I've always wanted. And I've seen, and the other people who want to be like, you know, I mean, I don't know Barbara Streisand, but you know what I mean? Like really. Stage fright. Yeah. I, 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 I find that. Oh, Shit, because I'm so into this fucking conversation um, um, that I feel like I never wanted that. But I do want I do want the recognition. Of course, I want recognition and respect. Accolades. Respect. Yeah. Accolades. Look, we have social media for attention. Right. And it's the perfect and kind of and attention. And it's terrible attention. And we well, go but in a weird way. It's terrible attention because we're all addicted to it. And we're on it too much. And we feel obligated to let everybody know what we're doing so we can be relevant and all that stupid shit. But in a weird way, it's the best kind of attention because you don't have to deal with really the people giving you well, attention. Well, right. You can. But I'm in my exactly. bubble and I want to. I felt cute. Here's a picture of me. You look the best in selfies. I can be in control of Yeah, this. but I get a lot of like you're fucking asshole Jew. Right. You know, a lot if of anti-Semitism. If I went where you go, which I really often want to every fucking day, I would get the same. Someone said something to me on, on, on Facebook the other day about my rant about Trump saying that the, the documents were declassified before they planted them or whatever. And he's like, you need to stop getting your information from memes. And I said, you need a haircut and a brain. 
Like I can get, <laughs> I can get really fucking nasty. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I try not to. I'm it's so just, it's so funny because yeah. And then what they do is like with me, they'll, it, you know, they'll come back. Oh, remember when you were funny? No, I don't. And it's like, shut up. Like you're, you cool. know what? You're in your basement jerking so off. Yeah, yeah. I do Twitter. Cause it's like, I'm not into, I'm more into word type joke. Right. Yeah, I know right. it's, I, I hate it. I hate social media. I fucking hate it. And it's a necessary evil in this shit fucking business that we've decided I know. to be in. So you're in LA right now. What, um, are Just you got back from New York, uh, where you were doing high town, well, I was doing um, High Town in North Carolina. How many more um, seasons of High Town? Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah. We don't know if there's a season four. I think we were quite surprised to have a season three because of the way streaming things are. Yes. Cheap. Everybody, everybody got cheap. No one wants to extend anything past three years. Oh, my God. And, right yeah. it, and there's no re- it's, it's the residuals are terrible, too. It's so weird. It's yeah, I know. So weird. But, you know, New York in August and August, the whole month of August feels like a Sunday. Oh, and, yes. And I'd been away from John so much since May, New York and North Carolina for High Town, And he's out here doing work right now. I'll go back just after Labor Day to the city. And I'm do you guys? I'm, I feel more like I'm more based in New York than I am here, but it's pretty even. Yeah. Do you talk to him? Like, do you guys have conversations about like rejection and all the shit that happens in and it must be hard when one's doing really well and the other one's like you know we don't we don't have that okay we really don't because i'm not gonna get the parts he gets he's like right yeah that's right because you're a woman he's mad and i got i what bothered me when we were first together was that he's such a big voiceover person and i'd already had to i had a tv animated series before he did right it's sort of a cult you know favorite They act, they treat me out here like I've never done a voiceover. Oh, please. Who made thing my entire life? Yeah. Yeah. They treat everyone like that. You know, and out here it's, it's a very small club. Yeah. It's, I think the voiceover thing is very small. All right. Now I asked my podcast guests, if you listen, you know, this two questions. Okay. One is the mental health question so now i know cbt therapy uh i know microdose which is the fucking best um what what else do you do for your mental health um nature 100 percent nature oh i love that nature i need nature i need to be around quiet i need to be around water well that's great that you are more based in new york that's fantastic well um I agree. I'm so lucky right now because when I come to LA and you know, we've got a, we've got a little place in Palm Springs too. Oh, which mm. is, I guess we've had that house since 2015. Wow. That's nice. Yeah. That's fun. And And gay. Yeah. And also very Jewish. Yes. Um, it's great. It's, it's so much more mellow than, than LA. Yeah, I actually, it, oddly enough, the, the biggest main house is in L.A. and it's the place I spend the least time. Wow. It's nice. It looks LA. really nice. L.A. is just what weird. area, what neighborhood are you in? in LA? We're in, up in the little hills of Studio City. Above oh, I love that. OK, so, yes, nature and meditation. Yeah. yeah. 
Did you do you do transcendental whatever? Minute? I want okay. Here's I'm not the thing. that deep into it. I get still in the day. I try yeah, to my same. mind. And, and I do, I learned how to meditate and then I really want to do transcendental meditation because every comic who's like, Oh, I got it. I got my mantra in them and they're all like successful. I'm like, I need a mantra. I fucking need a mantra. And the guy never fucking called me back. Okay. Oh. And he's like, you know, uh, you know, he had the meditation. So he's like, Oh, I'd love to help you. And he's like all into the big, you know, famous people, Jewish. And uh, I have no <laughs> mantra. So my mantra is fucking call me back. Okay. Talk there about being go. ghosted. I got ghosted by the transcendental meditation teacher of the stars. Okay. This is, this is about all that whole thing too. Just real quick. I'm not, I want to be my own guru. I don't need, yeah, I don't yeah. need I'm, I'm super independent. I yeah. don't need to put all of my, no. Okay. And my last question, cause it's called kill me now. Cause I get pissed off at everything all the time. What? pisses you off more than anything in the entire world cell phones in public nice turn your fucking sh- i will i will patty lupone people on a daily basis i do that all the time i literally when we go to a show i turn it off it's but not also- just a show the coffee shop like the doctor's office oh, wait, wherever wait. the fuck you are turn your fucking phone off okay what about the people that talk on the phone and the other person's on speakerphone and you hear, oh, it go, no, it's like, shut the fuck up. You're FaceTime. It's horrible. I will literally call the headphone, a headphone person. Yeah. Inappropriate. Like that's Head, what I, I have gone up to people and said headphones like in their fucking face. Yeah, that's a good one. I might have to steal. That I one. just say headphones. The other thing is when in New York, when they're walking down the street, looking at their phones and they're walking towards me, I st- stop and I start going like that. I just start waving my hands until they then they look up and they're like, oh, and then they just it's like it's awful. Manners are a sign, lack of manners right. are a sign of low intelligence, if you ask me. Mm. Right? I, well, it's also selfishness. It's like, it's so selfish. I don't have to have manners because, you know, I don't give a shit. It's like you don't fucking care. Right. Yeah. And if our faces are in our fucking phone all the time, why do we have to have our ringers on full volume? or I, I, I have it on. It. People are like, you never pick up the phone. I'm like, yeah, because it's off. I, I, I don't, I don't want to hear it. Even though, right. guess what my ringtone is? What? Mary Tyler Moore show theme. Oh, that's fabulous. Who can turn the world on with her smile? I actually met Mary Tyler Moore during that play. And she she was very, (gasps) yeah. I met a lot of wonderful people during that time Mm. that came to see Carol. Oh, you're so lucky. Yeah. And then, and then look, right. I thought I was going to have, this is showbiz. Showbiz up and down. Illustrious Broadway career. Yeah, No, up and down and down and up and up and down, up and down, up, down, down, up. Okay. We, I would love to see you when I'm back in New York. Um, Let's let's do something. I would love that too. I mean, uh, coffee, dinner, Mary's fish camp, something. I'll do it. And also I'm not jealous of the high town. I'm happy for you. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't I? I definitely texted you after, and you I was did. like, I knew it. I but you knew were it. Lovely about it. You, you said it. Mazel Tov and or something, yeah. And then I ran into you again shortly after that, and you, I don't, I, don't, I wasn't quite sure how you felt about me, but you were maybe very busy. Where I don't remember. I think we came to see you do stand up. You were <gasps> too distracted. It was before a show. I was. Oh, I can't even focus. People are like, oh, can no, we? I know. Can we say hi I before, like, and I'm like, no, I'm in. Fuck, I'm in enough. 
because I'm such oh, a no. I'm like just, the biggest fan of yours. And oh, I love you. Think you. about this in terms of casting. How if the if the lead character is is a lesbian, right? Yeah. And that's her whole trip on the show, besides, you know, struggling with addiction and whatnot. Yeah. They can't cast a gay icon. You would have totally overshadowed her. You're oh, a gay right. icon. You're famous. That's why. Oh, I'm not you famous, too, but thank you. You were too big for the role. They okay. needed a nobody. I'm always too fucking big. And you're well, not a nobody. Physically. I don't mean physically. Okay. I mean, well, the thing exactly. is, is that exactly. bef- I just want, don't ever take anything personally before a show. Ever. Elisa, my lover, my sons um, can all attest to the psychotic oh, yeah. break that I have before a show because I have to focus so much and I'm all I'm thinking like, oh, God, uh, the anxiety. And then once I get up there, I'm like, oh, God, this is the greatest Same. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. So that had nothing to do with you. I had um, all of that before this morning, but I'm so. Oh, like, but we had so much fun. Oh, I love you. Um, all right. So we're going to get together. Okay. Um, fuck T- TJ Miller's wife, Kate Miller. That's not who Kate Miller well, her is. Her IMDb page is now back to Kate Gorney. So there's progress being made. I, I just, what is wrong with people? Sag um, literally had to tell her you're not allowed to do that. There's good. The doctor. Um, uh, all right. Well, I thank you for being on my podcast. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll see each other in on the East Coast. Yeah, I'll be in the city in September. Okay, I'm sure we'll be there. in. Too bad they don't do auditions in person anymore because I'm sure we'd be going out for the same exact stuff. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to part two of Kill Me Now with the one and only and very talented Kate Miller, who was an actress but not married to T.J. Miller, as we learned this week and last week. Anyway, Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. This podcast would not be possible without the help, the work, the devotion, the loyalty of Brittany Joe Sowards, who is married to... A Jew. Where's my bell? I can't find my bell. There it is. Okay. If you have not subscribed or left a review, what the fuck is wrong with you? Seriously. Please, I need five stars. And the more listeners I have, the more likely I am to be able to continue doing the podcast because it's getting to be a little bit of a financial burden. You know what I'm saying? But I love doing it and I love telling people stories. So... Um, if you haven't read my book, listened to my book, jerked off to my book, because it's so, it's such an aphrodisiac, please do it. It's called Yes, I Can Say That. And in the spring, it will be coming to a theater in New York City. Uh, it is going to be a stage show, a one-person show based on the book um, starring moi. So I hope you can read it before you come see the show. As I mentioned, no more Queen Elizabeth. And I wonder what's going on up there. Also, uh, Diana's probably got a lot to say to her. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I just had someone tell me they listened to the end of the podcast. Well, I know. I know that Katie Campbell listens to the end of the podcast because I play tennis with her mother, and she's the greatest. She's, like, one of my best fans, I just want to say, and she's adorable. So I love you, Katie Campbell. And I love your sister, Annie, who I also play tennis with. But, yeah, 
it's um, summer's over. Summer's over. I'm going to still try to, Lisa and I are deciding that we have to play tennis in the winter indoors because what happens is we play and we're, you know, we get really good by the end of the summer. She's fucking way better than me, by the way. Uh, Anyway, and we get, we get skilled and then we just don't play in the winter and not, not happening. Okay. We're going to change our ways. What else do I have to tell you? I guess that's it. I hope everyone has a, a lovely week. Uh, I know it's back to school, so for all the parents, yahoo! Because you don't have to entertain your kids. And I know I'm not allowed to announce this, but I'm saying it anyway. Ben made captain of Trinity Basketball. Ben, Jewish. Anyway, that's it. I can't believe anyone is still listening. I really can't. And if you are, I love you. I fucking love you. All right, have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. And as we always say, so long, ga, 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 ga.